0: captain frankie good morning sir welcome to episode 10 of between the levees thank you for joining me
1: thank you for having me
0: you recently retired did you not that's
1: correct april the 1st of this year
0: april 1st that's a hell of a day to, to choose to end it huh
1: <laughs> just the way it worked out
0: roger roger uh what you been doing since then
1: well we had plans to travel this summer but toward the end of april uh it, last part of April, first part of May, I developed AFib, hmm. and uh, all of our traveling this summer has been to doctors.
0: Well, that's no fun. That's not the way to start your retirement, sir.
1: Not at all. Well,
0: let's start back at the beginning. Where were you born?
1: I was born in Fort Walton beach, Florida.
0: What was, uh, what was childhood? How, how was growing up?
1: Well, I, I lived in Destin, Florida, uh, I was born into a commercial fishing family okay. and, uh, at, 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 as early as my mother would allow me to, I was on the boat with my father. So as, as early as I could, I went to work for the boat company that he was working for. Okay. So I, I spent my childhood working on the party fishing boats in Destin.
0: How long had the family been in the business?
1: Well, uh, my father had ran a boat uh, we we were working for the Kellys Kelly boat service, uh, and he had ran a boat for them for about forty years. so shortly shortly after uh, shortly after World War II, he went to work for them.
0: What was his military service? How long was he in? Was it just the draft for the war?
1: it was he was drafted for the war, but prior to being drafted, he was operating a uh, an army air corps crash and recovery boat out of out of uh what back then was eglin field became eglin air force base okay
0: uh,
1: uh I mean, he had an extensive maritime career before that working on on dredge boats and commercial fishing boats uh and in the military as a combat engineer uh went to europe uh he landed in Europe about a month after D-Day, so he, he actually landed in Sherberg, but uh, spent a good bit of time crossing France and uh, Bavaria and those areas.
0: What did your, uh, his parents do? What was your, what was your, your grandfather do?
1: Well, his, his father was a sharecropper. He was a farmer, and he also mm-hmm. worked for the railroad running from uh, southeast Alabama over into Mobile. Uh, I never did know him. He was, he was murdered in, uh, somewhere around 1923.
0: No kidding. Uh, what does your, uh, your mother do growing up?
1: Well, my mother had a house full of kids, so she raised kids. Yeah. So right. were seven
0: of us. What are they all up to? Did, did they find different paths through, through life?
1: Well, yes. Uh, yeah. We were all kind of went different directions. Uh, My oldest brother went into the Air Force, retired from the Air Force with 23 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had a twin, my sister. She was a homemaker. My next sister down, uh, she did various kinds of jobs, worked in a grocery store and a, uh, a sewing facility and hospitality and different things, whatever she could find at the time to help support her family. Mm -hmm. the next brother down he he was career army he uh he retired with 22 years and for the most part his army career was all on army boats uh both tugs and landing craft
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, my next sister down was married into the army and uh, she was a homemaker and then it's myself and then my youngest brother, and he has, he has done just whatever work he could find to, to help make ends meet.
0: Sure. Did you uh, have any military service? I did not. Tell me what life was like growing up on uh, as often as you could on a, on a commercial fishing vessel.
1: Well, uh, days were long uh, from from about well, between nine and ten years old in the summer, I was on those boats every day. I was working full time at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, started off, uh, I'd be at, be down at the dock about seven o'clock, and I would uh, between six and seven, and I would bag I would bag up ice for sale for the day, uh, pump gas to other people going fishing, and I would I would prepare salted bait for the boats to load for the next day's fishing. Uh, okay. which split the split the fish off the backbones and pack it in rock salt to uh, toughen it up for bait. Uh, and when I went, when I started working primarily on the boats, then I was on the boat every morning at about five 30 or six o'clock. Uh, that would have been later that same year.
0: So this was age 10, you said?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Age 10.
0: What What year would that have put us in?
1: 1965.
0: 65 okay uh were you uh how were you in school did you care too much about anything uh academically
1: i uh <laughs> i i i was somewhat in a zombie state most of the time because i was exhausted but sure i uh i i did manage to pass my courses
0: yeah <laughs> all right so it was high school the end of the, the road for you academically
1: uh Yes, until I started taking professional classes.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, I've, I've taken a few courses to uh, help further develop my, my career.
0: Sure. But that was later?
1: Yes, much later.
0: Okay. Well, did you go straight into tow boating uh, at 18, or were you still commercial fishing, or what was that transition?
1: I commercial fished until January of 75, so that would okay. have been two years after high school,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, uh, reality was starting to set in. I suppose about commercial fishing, we, we tended to uh, not work through the winter. We didn't have insurance, we mm-hmm. didn't have retirement, and I was starting to mature enough to recognize that some yeah. of my older older friends had already transitioned to towboats. And one of them called me one day and asked me if I would be interested. So the next day I caught, I caught a boat with him in Mobile.
0: And this was around 75, you said?
1: That was January, January 27, 75 was my first day on a towboat.
0: What was your onboarding process for that?
1: I spent about half the day getting, getting a physical. And uh, then about one thirty in the afternoon, I was on the boat getting hands-on training on generator switchovers builds pumps how to check those engines of course i had a background in that already coming from the fishing boats but uh learning learning the uh, learning the process on the boat
0: Mm -hmm. how was uh what was it like stepping on the very first time i uh i knew nothing about tow boats for a good what was that 20 2015, I believe. So almost 30 years I, I and mean, I'd seen them pass by sitting at the levee, but I'd never, uh, never been close to one. And then I, I was able to get on board when I, when I started back in 2015.
1: Well, for me that day, uh, of course they introduced me to a, to a work vest immediately. Uh, uh-huh. I was, I had the, I had the benefit of working for a company that was really strong on their safety requirements. Uh-huh. Uh, and later later that same afternoon I came to realize the importance of that work vest in that what is now uh, back then the boat was operated by by Compass Marine today it is owned by Ingram Barge Company the Charlie okay. C. Okay. He was he was coming out of Mobile with four loads of coal and had a deck end go off to fall overboard at mm. the second coupling out from the boat. Nobody on the toe had a work vest on, he went overboard at the second coupling. And the only thing that was ever recovered from that young man was his ball cap. Hmm. And, and he had no work vest on and it, it, that, that burned that work vest on to me from that, that point on, I never had an issue putting it on.
0: Right. It's a hell of a start. So what was your, uh, what was your, your hitch back then? We worked,
1: uh, uh, on that particular boat, which we, we stayed in Mobile Harbor. We worked 14 to seven.
0: Was that, uh, just like a regular fleet job these days, you know, seven days, seven days, seven nights, seven off.
1: No, no, we were, we, once we got on the boat, we were on the boat for 14 okay, days. Okay. So
0: it was a live on. Okay.
1: It was a live on, but it was a fleet boat. I mean, we, we did all of that was with Radcliffe material in Mobile mm-hmm. and, uh, we did all the primary shifting around, uh, around our facility.
0: Okay. Uh, what was, uh, your decking career? How'd you end up moving up into the wheelhouse and how many companies was that and all that kind of stuff?
1: I actually stayed on deck. I think on, on deck of towboats for five years. Uh, I was, I was not in any hurry to get in the wheelhouse because that mm-hmm. I already understood that for that guy to do his job, he had to know my job. So, I wanted to stay on deck until I knew, I knew my job. And uh, of course, now I started steering a little bit that the captain that we had, he, uh, he worked with two, two of us, none of us were, neither of us were on the payroll as steersmen, but he worked with two of us at different times Mm -hmm. and uh, started, started getting us pointed in the right direction of course after my watch work was done i would go up and sit behind him now i I had changed boats by that point still the same company but a different boat uh he would allow us once our watch work was done to go up and sit in the pilot house and watch him transit through bridges or uh areas along the run that were a bit more of a challenge Mm -hmm. and uh so the run from mobile uh probably as far east as panama city florida i i knew it before i was being paid to be in the pilot house
0: sure okay well once you uh got up into the or do uh, let me back up do you have any uh any interesting tidbits of history when you were on deck
1: probably the biggest thing that that i remember thinking about my deck and was the day that that young man fell off of that toe and it was yeah. never recovered that right. that happened that happened about 200 feet from us they were mm-hmm. literally going past us when it happened yep. we were tied up at our dock there in mobile and uh when i think of things that happened when i was decking that's probably the one that lights up the whole board
0: and that was early on you said right
1: very first day yeah i've been on i've been on the boat less than an hour
0: quite the awakening to to the realities out there.
1: Been on the boat less than an hour. And there I was looking for a man overboard.
0: Yeah. What uh, did you get into the the wheelhouse with Compass?
1: I actually got my first taste of the wheelhouse as a pilot with uh, a company called Florida Marine Service, which is not the Florida Marine you think of today. Uh, This particular one was out of Panama City. Mm-hmm. and at the time they operated two boats and uh they were moving they were moving gasoline barges primarily
0: how long were you on that uh on that run
1: i was i worked for them just a little over a year maybe 14 months something like that and then and then i went to compass
0: okay where uh, that was all in, in mobile or did you come to the river at that point
1: when when i uh Well, we would with with Florida Marine, we would make trips through the river and over over to the to the Shafalaya. Okay. Uh, I didn't I didn't get a lot of Mississippi River time other than just going through. Uh, Like from
0: like from industrial to Algiers.
1: That's correct. Okay. Or or up to Harvey or something. But it was. And even with Compass in my early years with Compass. I was pushing coal from New Orleans to uh, Pensacola. So mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, my early years with them, it was from industrial up to uh, what was then Orgulf Fleet and then back down to industrial.
0: What milepost was that?
1: Uh, Orgulf Fleet is 95, I think 95.4, something like that.
0: So right, right there, there near Zito's Algiers fleet or is it that same that's fleet? That's the same fleet. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Uh, how did your career advance from there?
1: Well, I, uh, after, I think it was about eight and a half years, I went to work for compass in 81, uh, 81 and in 89, I had the opportunity to go to work on, on some bigger equipment, some 3000 horsepower boats. And uh, I left Compass and went to work for General Marine, still mm-hmm. pushing, or pushing gasoline barges again, or, or oil barges. Uh, General Marine was out of Greenville, Mississippi, and uh, I went to work for them in May, I believe it was of '89.
0: All right. And what was that? The uh, what was that run? What were you? Were you shoving more barges? What was the, the deal with the larger horsepower?
1: Well, it was a four-piece unit tow, so it was. Three 300 foot barges and one, uh, well, usually about 150 foot barge, mm-hmm. uh, 3,000 horsepower boat, 3,300 horsepower boats, uh, running from the New Orleans area, sometimes as far north as St. Paul. Uh, okay. So it, it was a spot market run. So wherever, wherever the oil company had stuff they needed to move to and from, uh, mm-hmm. we would take off with it
0: okay so that that covered a lot of ground huh
1: it did it did i got to learn a lot of river
0: what was uh what was your favorite run ever oh my goodness and and why i
1: suppose i would have to choose that well bar none if i was going to pick an absolute favorite it would be running across the gulf coast back into florida okay uh, I, 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 uh, of course, I, I that's that's my roots. So I guess that would be the reason for that being yeah. favorite. Uh, I ran that stretch as far as a, any singular particular run. I ran that stretch the longest. Uh, I've probably got eleven or twelve years total just running from New Orleans into Florida. Uh-huh. Uh, the next would probably be the Tennessee River. Uh, and, and, and up there, as you go from, from, as you go f- above one lock to the next, of course, they refer to those as pools, getting to appreciate the quality of the water from one pool to the next pool. Yeah. uh Watts bar pool was always the prettiest water I think I'd ever seen. Uh, but then you, you read into the history of Watts bar pool and you find out that potentially it's even though very attractive to look at, may be the most contaminated. Hmm. Uh, Our country's first nuclear waste spill was on that pool. Okay. So looks are not everything.
0: Sure, (laughs) sure. I guess what was next in uh, in your professional life?
1: I suppose I started looking into doing... Delivery work, yacht type delivery work, and expanding my passenger vessel license. Uh, by then, I had well, actually, early on in my career, I had attained uh, both the towing license and a passenger license. Uh, so I started looking at 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 increasing my tonnage qualifications on my mm-hmm. passenger license. So I was uh, I started started growing licenses a li- little bit more. Uh, eventually, get the 1600, 1600 ton near coastal, and uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to get them straightened out in my head. A master of towing near coastal Western rivers, and sixteen master sixteen hundred ton near coastal, and Great Lakes. I think. Okay. I don't think the Western Rivers is included on it. it may be. Uh, also, AB Unlimited. Okay. Of course, I, my radar, my radar certification is oceans, oceans unlimited. Uh, I never did, I never did do any celestial navigation testing. Uh, I didn't, I didn't feature myself doing any transoceanic work.
0: Did you uh, get married somewhere along the way?
1: I did, nineteen seventy-six. Um, okay,
0: so that, that was quite early on with your career. How did uh, how y'all meet?
1: Well, one of the boats I was working on with Radcliffe Material was running down, down into our home area down here. And uh, if we were in there on that boat, if we were in the area on Sundays, uh, well, let me back up on that. What mm-hmm. we would do on that boat, we carried a crane with us everywhere we went because we, we pushed gravel and oyster shells, clamshells. We would go on a location. A lot of those locations had curfews. So at certain times of the day, we couldn't unload. And in most cases, uh, a lot of times all night, we, we had to shut down. Uh, so if we were if we were on a location on a Sunday and in our area here around home, we would make it a family day uh, we, we might fry chicken and fry fish or have watermelons and cakes would make family day out of it anyway mm-hmm. and the relief captain that i had on the boat had his wife come to the boat this particular day and he had a he had a young son i guess he's 3 or 4 years old but very active kid and he told he told her told his wife to grab his sister who was 17 to bring with her to help manage their son. And then when they left the boat, they could go back by the mall or something and do some shopping. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the day that I met her, uh, about a week and a half later, we had our first date and three months and three days later, we were married.
0: Okay. we not wasting any time there. No, indeed. No, Good.
1: she was still a senior in high school, had eight months to go to graduate. So instead of her moving to Destin, I moved to Freeport so she wouldn't have to change schools. All right. And we've just recently, well October, we celebrated our 46th anniversary.
0: Congratulations. Did y'all have any children along the way?
1: We have two. We have two daughters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of them what is they- a home homemaker and a and a at home, she schools her kids at home. So she's an at home school teacher. And mm-hmm. that's the youngest one. And the oldest one uh, works at a, a, well, the Emerald Coast Technical College, uh, which is the, the Votech here in our county. And she counsels kids on scholarships and Grant programs and helps them get financing for their courses.
0: Okay. Well, I know, of course, you ended up at Ingram Barge. I don't know if we've made that leap yet in your career path, but uh where did that happen in the timeline?
1: At 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 some point with General Marine, early early on with General Marine, uh Ingram Barge Company, I'd say probably in the first three or four months, Ingram Barge Company bought the boats that general Marine was operating. Uh, mm-hmm. General Marine was operating boats for system, system fuel incorporated, which was the fuel wing of, Oh goodness. I don't remember the name of that power company. Uh, it included Arkansas power and light, uh, Louisiana, all, all Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas power plants and okay. SF uh, SFI provided, the fuel for all of that so that's who general marine was working for operating their boats well ingram bought all the boats and barges okay uh, general marine continued to operate the boats for two years and then ingram and then ingram took over the operation of the boats and i was in, i was extended an invitation to apply for a job with ingram at that point and mm-hmm. uh, came over into ingram and that that would have been uh spring of 91
0: okay and then what was uh your career path with ingram up until april
1: i stayed on uh, unit toes until uh the barge company ingram barge company sold sold that off to coastal and then initially i transferred over to uh, or changed over to coastal towing company of Houston, uh, stayed with them eight months and then came back into Ingram, Mm -hmm. uh, went to the Andrew Benedict initially, uh, pushing, uh, EDC, ethylene dichloride from Lake, Lake Charles, Louisiana to Calvert city, Kentucky. Okay. Stayed on, I stayed on it for a year and then, and then went over to the, uh, Sam Fleming as captain, uh, we were on it we were pushing cumin from uh Corpus Christi, Texas to Mount Vernon, Indiana. Uh of course we did some spot work, uh and then later later on as as those contracts dried up, then we started uh doing coal work out of South Point down into the power plants on the Ohio and different areas. Mm-hmm. Uh I was trying to think. Eventually, I transferred from the Sam Fleming to the Neil Deal on the upper, and uh, worked on the Neil Deal for two years, and then transferred to the New Orleans area onto what was then the Pat C, the Pat C later renamed to the David Cert, mm-hmm. and uh, I finished my last eighteen years with Ingram. I was on that boat.
0: What was uh, and I, what was the hitch with on the on the Cert?
1: We we worked uh twenty eight and twenty-eight.
0: And what was a regular hitch for you? Was that still same service as it is now? Up that like to the hole and back up to Capitol, that kind of run?
1: Yeah. And sometimes we would go up above Baton Rouge, but primarily it was from uh it was it was from range between Capitol and, and Myrtle Grove or Dave Vance. I don't like I don't like referring to that area as the whole. It <laughs> it just creates in my mind ugly connotations and I I, I avoid that. But Understood. so many people refer to it that way.
0: Yeah, it's pretty common uh in the offices anyway. Yeah. Well, tell me about your experience out there in that on that run from uh from Myrtle Grove to well, Capitol.
1: For me it was it was the work, the work overall was pretty busy for me because I was planting toes all the time, and it. it somebody came on the boat one time and uh, asked me about planting a toe, and I said, "Well, I'm not just planting one toe. And I, I actually had as either five or six separate toes, right. orders for separate toes on the clipboard, and uh, I showed them. I said, i 'I'm not just planting one. I've got all of these I'm already working on,' and uh, so." David North and, and the guys up there around his office, they were, they were working their magic on figuring out what was going to go in each one. And then I was figuring out how they would go together best to make it simplest, as simple as possible going up the Mm -hmm. river from making drops and additional pickups. Right. But uh, as far as the, the, the river itself, for me, it was, it was, well, I, I enjoyed that run. Okay, uh, I, I had and and still have a good working relationship with uh, most of the other boats that I would I- interact with during the day, as well as the uh, as well as the ship pilots uh, mm-hmm. with the different with the different groups. Uh, there were some of some of them that sometime would uh, be a bit belligerent, but for the most part, I had real good working relationships with all those guys.
0: Yeah, well, eighteen years, I guess you better, huh?
1: yeah well, you, you, if you want things to go smoothly, you need to work on that pretty early.
0: yeah. When did you uh, first cross paths with uh, with Marty Mahoney and David North?
1: Marty Mahoney was a driver for Compass Marine, I think, when I first met him, probably 88, 87 or eighty eight. Mm-hmm. and david David North was dispatching for Midland. Uh, I think I think he was in the office down there at Algiers. When I was moving when I was pushing coal from uh what what was then orgo Fleet to uh, Panama City so that would have been back in the early 80s all
0: right so of all the uh, all the waterways you've been on all the all the miles you've you've shoved what was the I guess the prettiest the the best view
1: probably probably up on the Tennessee River
0: what were uh, you running up there
1: we were carrying asphalt up to okay. uh, up to knoxville okay. i had the i had the pleasure i have the pleasure of being able to say that i went all the way out the end of the tennessee river uh i don't know if you're familiar with it above knoxville but the french broad and the holston rivers run together to form the tennessee uh, i discharged at a dock uh about a mile from the end of the river and in order to turn around to come back out I went up to the French broad or the Holston river actually pushed the toe up into the Holston backed back up into the French broad and then started back down the Tennessee. So I, (laughs) I have ran every inch of the Tennessee river. Yeah. Something else uh, uh, that, that we could, we could bounce all around a little bit is some of, some of the extracurricular stuff I've done in behalf of the industry uh, gulf on the coast canal association ingram barge company uh, through the years as well as for the coast guard uh, during the development of the hurricane surge barriers east and west of new orleans mm-hmm. i was involved primarily with the lake Bourne surge barrier but i was involved with all a lot of the computer simulation testing on Mm -hmm. that facility Uh, for a year and a half on my days off, I would typically spend between a week and two weeks in Vicksburg at the experimental station of the Corps of Engineers uh, running computer simulated trials on that facility, hoping hoping to see modifications to it before the design was locked in. Right. But like I said, for a year and a half, every time I got off the boat, I was up there for at least one week, but a, a lot of times two weeks. Uh, also, during during my career, during high water episodes, when uh, Vessel vessel Traffic Coordination Center was opened in Baton Rouge during high water, mm-hmm. uh, it, was, it was staffed by the industry volunteers. And I would... I would, along with some other Ingram barge company personnel, usually an ops manager or somebody, Mm -hmm. uh, we, we would go up there for three or four days at a time to, uh, to cover that. I don't know. I did that two or three times. And after hurricane Rita in Lake Charles, they had a tremendous backlog of traffic at Calcasieu lock Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, Gulf Intercoast Canal Association uh, provided industry volunteers to help facilitate traffic movement through that lock.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I was, I was over there on behalf of Ingram Barge Company for three days for that.
0: Were you running a boat or managing? Uh, now, boat was the...
1: I was actually, I was actually in the control house in the lock. Okay. And, uh, they. the, uh, we would man their radio and and coordinate the boats getting to the lock. And if they needed a helper boat to push the lock, because they weren't actually locking. They were, if if you could push through it with a helper Mm -hmm. boat, they would let you, they would let you push through it. I don't know how hard that current was running through it, but it was an extreme current running through the thing. They had Uh, both gates open. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. And the people that lived on the Island actually had, had threatened to start shooting into the complex. If, if both the gates, if, if the gates closed, because it was the Island that was flooding and, uh, they, they threatened, they threatened to start shooting into the complex.
0: Wow. Do you get that anywhere else along the canal?
1: I, I have never been threatened with being shot anywhere myself. I was always very careful with, uh, people that lived along the banks of the canal Mm -hmm. uh, trying to be careful with my lights and wheel wash and, and that sort of thing. Uh, And, and considering the amount of water they had in the, in the situation they were in with their Lake Charles with uh, following the hurricane Rita, that, that lock is the only discharge they had for all that water that, that they had backed up. And uh, I didn't agree with what they were planning to do, but I I, I do somewhat understand it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard some horror stories about uh, going through the Port Allen route there, below by the Lock and those bends. As far yeah. as you know, as far as residents, right there.
1: Well, some some people, some of our counterparts, do not pay enough attention to what what they're doing. They they get in too big of a hurry and they're rolling too much water or They drop too deep in a bend and throw wheel wash. You know, you, you counter steer and that wheel wash blows straight up in somebody's yard that right. we can, we can operate in a way to prevent that.
0: Yeah. What else can we cover, sir?
1: I don't know. There's there's
0: gotta be more.
1: My, my career was so short, you know, it only, it only lasted under a license. It only lasted 42 years. (laughs) What could there be?
0: I'm sure there is more. What's uh what's the toughest situation you've been subjected to out there that you obviously got out of?
1: Probably one of the worst that I was in uh was a high water a couple of years ago, maybe 3 years ago. We had we had dropped my boat back to 20 barges. And uh goodness, I don't remember what the river stage was at New Orleans. It was 17 plus 17.1 17.2 uh river was extremely swift mm-hmm. and uh i got tangled up i don't mean actually physically but uh in in the pattern of our traffic uh had a ship coming down behind me one i didn't know about that was coming up below me and we were right there at the gno bridge and. uh almost almost had to share the bridge with a southbound ship and didn't either one of us want to be in there with the other but yeah. b- because of my relationship with those guys they knew what my situation was and they knew what i normally could do right. and uh the one coming behind me he he was he uh he worked really well with me and for me that evening and mm-hmm. uh, when it was all said and done it was just another day at the factory but it was, it was not a fun chair to be sitting in there for a little while.
0: Yeah. And you said that was a 20 barge though.
1: We were, we had to, we had the David cert back to 20 barges. Generally the David cert will throw 20 barges anywhere you want them to go. Mm-hmm. But as the river picked up in velocity and it doesn't matter what the number is for the, for the river gauge, it, it's how quickly it's rising or how quickly it's falling. that changes mm-hmm. the velocity. And it's that velocity that gets you trapped. Yeah. Uh,
0: what kind of horsepower was it? Is it certain? Eighty four hundred. Eighty four hundred. So yes, with with twenty, w- would you have been five long, four wide, or four long, five wide? No, I was.
1: Area? I was five long and four wide. Okay. Uh, and 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 for me, the important thing all the time was being able to stop right uh, wasn't it, wasn't it, i didn't care about being able to steer bins i can flank the bins but uh I, I i always wanted to make sure i could stop so i i always tried to build my toe in a way that i knew she would stop them
0: yeah tell me something about your uh, your career coming to a close and getting off the boat are you still tripping occasionally
1: i i haven't been back on a boat since march the third okay uh and and i've I've been reluctant to even, even think that direction. I've already had one heart ablation trying to get this AFib corrected. Mm -hmm. Mm Uh, it, it worked for 19 days and then I went back into AFib. So I'm, I'm working now with my cardiologist and the surgery team that did the last ablation. We're trying to figure out which way we want to go. My doctors tell me there's no reason why I couldn't ride a boat with this. Well, I, I I tend to want to disagree with them. If I sure. stand up very quickly, I have mm-hmm. to hold on to something or I'll fall over. If right. I try to go across the room too quickly, I got to do the same thing when I get to wherever I stop, or I may yeah. end up having to stop. So I, I've I've avoided. Well, that's the reason we hadn't done any traveling. Is that I just I don't have any go in me. I can yeah. drive forever, but once we get there, I can't do anything.
0: Yeah. Well, sir, I do hope very soon all that gets resolved, and you get to enjoy your retirement.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I, uh, I will probably get to a point where I, uh, I'll, uh, I'll call some of them and see if they have a spot where I can come look out a window or something.
0: Sure, sure. Well, look, uh, good luck with all of that. I do hope to maybe do this again one day. I appreciate your time, and I will uh, have this published as uh, soon as I can.
1: Well if you if you think of other questions I'll uh, I'll be glad to answer them
0: That sounds good sir thank you very much
1: Okay thank you